Hey, Illini fans, it's uh, Orange and Blue News Podcast. It's game week here in Champaign. Uh, college students are back last weekend and kept me up all night over the weekend. I'm not going to get any sleep around here, but uh, uh, it's game week, finally. Uh, Nebraska on Saturday at noon. Uh, it's the only Power 5 game on the schedule, and uh, we're here to talk about our keys to the game with John Supini, Jim Cotter, Alec Bussey, uh, and we have one or two of our um, uh, subscribers on here with us. So uh, we're going to go through, first on the front page right now, guys, I got my keys to the game. It's going to be a weekly feature this year. Uh, I got four keys to the game. I started off with one that John wrote about earlier in the week, and that's containing quarterback Adrian Martinez. It's the no-brainer. You know, it's right up there with uh, uh, win the turnover battle, win the line of scrimmage, uh, run the ball and stop the run, which are things I didn't put in the preview. But uh, containing Adrian Martinez, what have you guys seen from him over the years, and why is it important you think that they slow him down a little bit? And yeah, then, I can – I can start on this one. Um, obviously, I mean, it's a pretty talented quarterback. I mean, when you think about what he's done in his college career, he holds four Nebraska quarterback records. That's obviously pretty impressive, but he struggled at times, especially with turnovers. I think as a freshman, he was like second in the country and fumbled. So that's definitely something that needs to be cleaned up. And we obviously saw him lose his starting job last season for Nebraska to Luke McCaffrey, who was a was like since transferred twice. I want to say, I think he went to Utah state finally, or went somewhere else in there as well. I'd have to look that up. He's at rice right now. He's at rice. Okay, cool. So I was kind of close, same state or same kind of like region, I guess. Uh, anyway, I, I think Martinez is a really dynamic player and he's the type of quarterback Illinois obviously struggled with in his career. I mean, in his career against Illinois, he's got a 68% completion percentage for over 660 yards, seven touchdowns, just one interception. Um, and that includes 181 rushing yards and another rushing touchdown as well. So he's pretty dynamic and he's been difficult for Illinois to defend against. Now, granted, that was against a defense that was traditional cover right. two, four, three base. That was just really simple and easy to attack from a spread offense scheme, which is obviously what Nebraska runs. I don't think very many of us have a good idea of what exactly the Illini defense is going to look like. Could be base three, four, could be base uh, two, five could be even based like two, four, five. So whatever we see on Saturday defensively is going to be really interesting. I do think the biggest key though, to making him uncomfortable is kind of keeping him in the pocket and making it so he can't get out in space and run. Because if you force him to beat you with his arm and you make him one dimensional, you're going to feel a little bit better about your chances. I think with Tony Adams and Devin Witherspoon and Sidney Brown and Quad Martin and Eddie Smith and Prather Hudson, all those guys on the defensive back room, uh, doing their best against a wide receiver room that does have some questions around it, but does have some talents as well. Jim, what do you got, man? What do you got on uh, Adrian Martinez? Well, I know that he's uh, an Illini killer. He's done really well against the Illini when he's been in against them. And uh, last year, obviously in Lincoln, when they played, uh, he didn't start the game. It was McCaffrey, like we already mentioned. And of course, Illinois came away with a 41 to 23 win. So, but he's that type of quarterback that, uh, like Alex said, gives Illinois troubles. And uh, what I like about the whole, you know, vanilla offense and defense saying that Nebraska doesn't know what's coming. Well, we don't know what's coming actually, because we don't, we haven't really seen anything. So, but certainly Nebraska doesn't know what kind of a set Illinois is going to come out in to begin with. So, uh, you know, it, it could be any, any, any uh, possible combination you can think of. 
and Ryan Walters, uh, you know, has a knack for, uh, you know, mixing up defenses and hopefully, uh, what we see Saturday will, uh, give Martinez fits and, uh, get Illinois off, uh, in the Brett Bielema era off on a, uh, good start with a, uh, victory in Champagne. John Supini, longtime columnist, uh, and now a full-time golfer. What, what do you got on, you wrote about uh, Adrian Martinez earlier this week, John, we talked about him on the phone. Uh, why, why do you think Illinois has struggled, not just with this kid, but all, with, you know, with dual threat quarterbacks in general over the years they've had a real issue with? Well, you know, over the last few years, I just, I don't think that Lovey had a scheme that was, that was built for college football. Um, like Alex said, he, they, you know, they always gave up the middle of the field and they, they made it really easy to run and it just set everything up. You know, once it's easy to run, it's going to be easy to throw. So I just, I think this is going to be very interesting with how Illinois comes out and they're basically operating under a blanket. We don't know what's going on. Nebraska doesn't know what's going on unless they got a mole in somewhere. And uh, I, it's to me, you got to, you got to make, um, you got to make Martinez one dimensional. You got to make him a thrower. You got to, I mean, it, it all comes down to stopping the run overall. Illinois can't get, can't get gashed like they did over the last couple of years. And I think Bielma's going to have, he's going to have some tricks up his sleeve and it's going to be interesting to see what they come out in. Um, Martinez has issues with, with durability. He has issues with, uh, with turnovers. And there was a reason why they yanked him last year, but you know, I think it just, it was a, I think it was a good stroke of luck for Illinois because I think he was a he was a better quarterback than than McCaffrey. So um, I, to me, it's all about stopping the run, like and, and put put your secondary in a position where they can they can make some plays. And I I, I think Bielma's going to figure out and, and run a college football defense. And I think it's going to be interesting to see right off the bat. I don't think he's got as many pieces as he would like, but I I think he's got more than what than probably what outsiders think. So. It, to me, it's it's it's. I you know I, I think Illinois defense is, is, is that's the key to the year, and I'm I'm interested to see what they come out in on Saturday. Yeah, I think you guys hit, hit the nail on the head on making him one dimensional. And you know, my two cents on uh, Adrian Martinez is um, if he played Illinois every game, he'd be a Heisman Trophy candidate. The numbers that he's put up, especially in the 2019 game, but the the big you know a lot of people blame it on scheme with Lovey Smith, and that's part of it. But another part of it was they didn't recruit enough team speed, uh, you know, and they couldn't tackle guys in space. And w- once the guy took off and got flushed from the pocket and got matched up with outside linebackers, uh, they couldn't catch him. Uh, they just didn't have the, the overall team speed. Hopefully with the three, four, it'd be a little bit different with guys lining up on the outside. But the, the, the next one on my list, uh, I, you know, I think the offense, Illinois offense has got to be balanced uh, and Brandon Peters has to be efficient. Um, those two things, you know, and I'll start with Alec again, but um, a balance, they're going to want to run the game. They're not going to be, you know, a a smash mouth football like Wisconsin when Bielema was there. Uh, They just don't, they don't have the, you know, the the big bulldozers up front like they had on the Wisconsin offensive line. They got, they got a good stable of running backs and they're going to try to establish the run, but you know, I think they got to be balanced. They got to throw someone first down and Brandon Peters has got to play the way he played last year against Nebraska. Yeah, I think that per crap, like trying to figure out what the Illini offense is going to look like, I think we all kind of understand that it's going to be very run first. I mean, that's not super hard to figure out based off of the comments from Coach B 
or Coach Peterson and their media availability and just kind of looking at their history. I mean, right, like Coach Peterson's got a pretty good history of being able to adapt his offense to what kind of personnel his offense has. Last year, he had three or four backs each get over 50 carries. I wrote that in the story this week. You can read that on Orange and Blue News. But he's also got a good history of kind of developing quarterbacks in his one year with them. He did a really good job with Gardner Minshew and kind of made him a really highly sought after transfer prospect before he transferred to Washington state. And then he did a really good job with Jeff Driscoll, who's still in the NFL as a backup as well. So he needs to get Brandon Peters to be able to, you know, they've talked a lot about protecting the ball. Interceptions haven't really been his problem in my opinion, in his career. I think he only had one last year. I think he only had, um, you know, three or four, maybe in 2019, I'd have to still look at it to double check that. But the biggest problem with Brandon Peters has been his lack of accuracy and his ability to, and his inability, I guess, to com- make completions down the field. And that's something that needs to change because as much as Illinois wants to be able to run the ball this year, and I think they're going to be able to do that considering the running backs they have with Chase Brown, with um, you know, Chase Hayden, Mike Epstein, of course, Reggie Love. And then they've got three really experienced offensive linemen and they've got another two that they feel pretty good about. I think they're going to be able to run the ball. But you can only run the ball as much as you can throw the ball, too, to a point, right? I mean, otherwise, teams are going to start putting seven, eight, nine guys in the box and really force you to throw it. So Peters has to be able to kind of throw the ball downfield. And it's a group, Nebraska's defensive backs and their linebackers, they're not, you know, like overly impressive to me. Um, and that's something that's really interesting. They do have a really good defensive back in Cam Britt. Um, he was a second team all Big Ten last year. And then JoJo Doman at linebackers really solid as well. But I question how good Doman is in coverage, especially pass coverage. So how well Illinois is able to attack him in space. Maybe they use that kind of Isaiah Williams role there. Jafar Armstrong can get used there as well, especially in man coverage. I like to see Illinois attacks those guys and see if they can get them open um, over the middle of the field and allow those guys to make plays. I know. I know we're not used to seeing uh, an Illinois quarterback uh, into his third season as starter, which Brandon Peters is. And uh, once spring ball ended, we thought that the running game was going to have to be the uh, go-to and uh, wherewithal of the Illini offense because the wide receiver room was so depleted with losses of uh, Trevon Sidney and Josh Amatorbebe and then Casey Washington, who, made his four month hiatus to Winston Salem. But uh, now you've got, you know, wide receivers, you got Jafar Armstrong in the mix. Uh, Isaiah Williams uh, moved from quarterback to wide receiver. Uh, Case Washington came back and all of a sudden you've got some receivers that Peterson can throw to or uh, uh, Peters can throw to. And uh, with a capable backup of Art Sitkowski, the Rutgers transfer, so uh, it's a, a balanced uh, two he- two headed monster of an offense, but you know, like we've talked about, Brett Bielema's uh, past teams at Wisconsin uh, were run first and uh, I guess run heavy, and I, I shouldn't say run first, but run heavy because they had so many of the workhorse backs like Jonathan Taylor, Ron Dane, and players like that. But uh, I don't know, Ron Dane may not have been uh, uh, in the Brett Bielema era, but, but anyway, you know, they've, he's got a capable uh, line. That's a veteran. They're all uh, returning, you know, super seniors, most of them. And uh, they can 
do a lot of damage. And, you know, you got the Chase Hayden, Chase Brown, uh, Mike Epstein, and uh, Reggie Love. You've got capable running backs back there. But the thing is, can those guys block for them? And then uh, computers get the wide receivers the ball. So that's my take on that. One thing I'd say about you guys talked about the accuracy of Brandon Peters and uh, John, you're up next, but um, yeah, if you guys remember, we'd always ask Rod Smith about putting the ball in the hands of the playmakers. I think in Bebe was their best playmaker, right? And we would ask him about that in the post game and he would, and he would basically say, that's not how our offense is designed. Uh, it's, it's, it's based off the reads that the quarterback makes. And I, I think Brandon Peters, he would have so much swimming around in his head, trying to make the right reads, trying to survey the field. And, uh, you know, two of the most underrated things about quarterback play is downfield vision and timing. And he just, he just never, in that system, I think Brandon just never kind of got it together. You know, he's not Tom Brady back there. His timing wasn't that great. Uh, and, he's, and he's trying to pick out targets in a really complicated scheme. And I think, and I think that's where this offense is going to benefit him more he's not going to have to make, make all of the pre-snap reads that he had to make in that in that spread offense it's completely different um you know it, another another thing is uh, and, a, and a key that i would add to this is getting in makeable third down situations because i think illinois is well positioned for makeable third downs when you look at the tight ends and the running backs uh running backs they're versatile they can catch the ball out of the backfield you can do you know a wheel routes swing passes screens and then you got the two really talented tight ends in Luke Ford and, and uh, Daniel Barker. I think that you can, you can uh, do um, uh, waggles to those guys. You can throw them quick outs to, to those tight ends and, and move the sticks. And that's all Brandon Pierce has got to do, I think, is make the easy throws. And he's going to be able to pick up first downs and, and move the team. So uh, go ahead and jump in, John. Well, if I'm going to the if I'm an Illinois fan going to the game on Saturday, I'm thinking about two things. I'm going up there to watch. I, I want to go up there and watch and see how the defense comes out and see if this is a defense that can make a game of it. And other than that, on offense, I want to see how many goddamn times I can get the ball to, to Isaiah Williams. I want to see him get the ball every other play or every third play. I don't give a damn. Get them the ball. It's, it, you want to make it easier on the quarterback. Have Isaiah run down five yards and go left or right. He's wide open, throw it to him. And it's not that easy, I understand, but I think they're going to get him the ball a lot. They're going to figure out how to get him the ball. They've got enough other things around where, like you said, you got they got decent running backs. They got an experienced offensive line. They got great tight ends. They, they, they do need a little bit more help at wide receiver, but they're going to get him the ball. And I, I'm, going, I'm going up there for two reasons. I'm going up there to see if they can play defense and see if they can figure out how to get him the ball. And I think they're going to. So I, I, to me, they probably sold Isaiah. It, it was an easier move for Isaiah to get to wide receiver because they told him we're going to get you the ball, and you're you're gonna you're gonna make you're gonna be you're gonna make some plays in space. And I think that's what the, the kid was smart enough to realize he wasn't a he probably wasn't the power five quarterback he he hoped to be. But they they put him they're going to put him in a position to have a lot of fun and make a lot of money. And I think that's the two. Th I, I'm excited to see that kid catch the ball out in open field. Remember what he did at Rutgers last year? They couldn't catch it. So it's going to be – Brandon Peters is going to have a lot of five-yard throws and 40-yard gains, in my opinion. So let's see how many times they can game the ball. Yeah, the funny thing about that is uh, the coaching staff's doing absolutely nothing to stamp down those expectations either. In fact, just the opposite. 
every time you talk to him, they're talking about how excited they are about his playmaking ability. Brett Bielema is calling him a special player, and and uh, he really is. You know, you can't catch the guy. He's so he's so elusive, uh, with and he's got elite feet, ability to stop and go on a dime, and and he wears the mm-hmm. right number because he is the number one guy. Everybody's going to be watching on Saturday. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch him play. Um, the next thing that I talked about in my in my um, keys to the game was uh, starting fast and. You know, one of the most refreshing things about covering the team this year, and it's been it's been one of the most fun teams I've had to cover. Uh, one because we finally get to do it live and in person again after a year off. But the other is that you're dealing with a bunch of coaches who who are they haven't seen big uh, Illinois football for about ten years, so they haven't been around when when the Illinois was playing bad football. Uh, they have high expectations, but the players are not in that position. This is a large group of veteran players, senior players. And, and they exude confidence, but they haven't won a lot of football games. And the, the one thing you want to avoid with those guys and with the crowd on Saturday is, uh, oh, here we go again. They're playing Illinois football again. So, so I, I talked about the importance of starting fast and, and uh, scoring first, getting a third and out on defense and, and showing, you know, showing these players and showing the fans that this is a different product on the field this year. Uh, and uh, every time I asked Brett Bielema about that, and I asked Ryan Walters about it too, uh, they they always responded with, yeah, we want to start fast, but we also want to have to deal with adversity. Uh, and that's where the veteran players come in. But we saw uh, the last few years that when this team starts playing bad and teams start getting rolling downhill on them, they, they crumbled a few times. And uh, that's going to be interesting to see if, if Nebraska gets out to a 14 nothing start or something like that. Uh, how they respond, but uh, how important is it, uh, John? You think to to start fast on Saturday and, and to start the era off, you know, with a, uh, a breath of fresh air? Yeah, you know, it would be very important to to come out and look like a and look like a football team and win a game, open some eyes, and really try to get some recruiting momentum going. Um, the, what's always happened in the past is with Illinois, they work they work hard at the beginning and. They get they get in some kids' homes and you know and, and they get some decent visits, but then they can't win on the field, so they can't get that recruiting momentum going. So they really got to try to take advantage of this year. And with this, uh, to me, this is a work, very workable schedule. You got a lot of super seniors, so you you got to come out. And you got to you got to win your winners. You got to see what you can do at home. You got a lot of winnable games at home. So if they can just come out and play fundamental football, they've got enough experienced seniors where they should they sh- they should be okay. So, you know, yeah, what is, what is, um, Bielman says something like, uh, you don't, don't, you can't win the game unless you don't lose it, or he's got some kind of Bielmaism that he's, he's repeated a few times, but they, they need to keep winning the turnover battle. They've got to play solid football. They, they need to play from ahead, like he said, and yeah, get off to a good start. And if they can get a little bit of momentum going with this schedule, with the, especially the first four or five games on the schedule. See, if, see what you can get done early and get a little bit of momentum, get a little confidence and make the second half fun. And unforced errors have been an Illinois staple for a while. And the way the, the way the coach deals with those is through repetition and through on the spot corrections. And the, you know, the, the small, what kind of small window that we saw of these guys in practice, um, we only got to see 15, 20 minutes a day, but it, it seems like Bielema gets that, you know, you do see them making stopping guys and making on the spot corrections you see them focused on some of the right things. You see some uh, consequences if they make make a stupid mistake. 
So ho hopefully that kind of stuff is in the past. Uh, um, but the, Jim, starting fast, what do you think, man? They got to get out there an early lead, right? Oh, exactly. I mean, uh, there's been a lot of hype ever since Brett Bielema was hired back in November about this program and knowing that, uh, you know, it went through all spring practice, just, you know, watching the different things take place and uh, new coaching staff as they were announced one by one. Now you've got, you know, fall camp and, you know, now that the starter uh, has, has been announced in Brandon Peters, you just have to take everything uh, for, you know, the, to light now because you need to get out to a fast start and uh, get, get this crowd because it's supposed to be a sizable crowd. From what I understand, the university's given two free tickets to all their uh, employees. So if most of those take advantage of it, then uh, you might have, you know, close to a sellout or a full house and uh, you want to make those people come back. And it's imperative because Illinois has been hungry for this. I mean, Levy Smith just didn't get the job done and, you know, new, new blood, new, uh, new philosophy, new attitude. Uh, Brett Bielema comes in. Uh, he's been a winner at Wisconsin. He did decent at, you know, Arkansas. So the, the pedigrees there, it's just now they have to do it on the field. And uh, yeah, it's definitely a, a fast start is not out of the question that that needs to happen. Yeah, Doug, I want to kind of hit on something you mentioned there when you kind of introduced this conversation. You mentioned that when you asked Coach Walters and you asked Coach Bielema about the importance of starting fast, they each mentioned the adversity aspect. And I think this is something that really hits with Brandon Peters. And one area of concern that I have with him, and so it's something that he's shown over the last couple of years, is if things start to go bad, they completely just spiral out of control. And I think back to the Iowa game last year, that was – right after the Nebraska game where he had, in my opinion, probably his best college game as a quarterback. He starts the Iowa game really well, leads all the way to two opening drive touchdowns. And then I think they went three and out and things just kind of like spiraled out of control. And next thing we know, by the end of the game, Isaiah Williams is leading Illinois to two touchdown drives at the end of the game. And it should have been three, but he needs to be able to put aside adversity this year. And I think, I don't think they were talking directly to Brandon Peters. I think they're kind of talking to the whole program, like you said, and the whole team. But I kind of think a lot of that falls on Brandon Peters. And we know that last year there was times when guys on the offense or guys on the team just kind of felt like Isaiah provided them a spark when he was at quarterback. And they felt like Isaiah might have been a better fit when he was at quarterback. And obviously now he's at wide receiver and they don't have that to go to anymore with Isaiah. So Brandon needs to be able to – put aside some adversity, right the ship if he throws a pick or turns it over or has a three and out or misses an open target downfield for a big game. Like those are things he needs to be able to put off to the side and come out the next drive and make the next big throw and put it in his rearview mirror. And on the defensive side, it's the same thing. How many times have we seen this team, you know, get a force a fumble or force an interception and they get a lot of energy from it and it carries over to the next thing that's contagious on defense but when they struggle and they can't get off the field it just tumbles and tumbles and tumbles throughout the entire game so I think it's key for Illinois to not only start fast because this is a team who I don't think we're going to trust to dig themselves out of very many big holes but if they do start fast and they do kind of you know get a lead maybe not a big lead but they allow Nebraska to kind of get back into a little bit 
Where are you going to find that energy? Where are you going to find that juice to get out of that hole and get some positive momentum offensively or defensively to right the ship if you're in this game in the fourth quarter? That's where I think it kind of comes down to. And they both mentioned the adversity thing, and that really stuck with me because I think that's really important for this team to be able to overcome. And that's where they really struggled the last couple of years. And I think the Iowa game last year is a really good example of it. They were up 14 to nothing in that game, and they lost. They got blown out. They were up 14 to nothing against Nebraska in 2019 at Memorial Stadium, and they lost. And it wasn't really that close because things spiraled out of control late in the third quarter and throughout the fourth quarter. And we all remember the Penn State game fall 2018 when they were like in it in the in the third quarter and then Penn State scored like 42 unanswered points in the third and fourth quarter right like Illinois needs to be able to see the team that could actually surprise some people so that's a concern that I have and if they're able to do that I think they have a good opportunity to win on Saturday. Well, I think you're right about uh, Brandon Peters, and I think that uh, Brett Bielma and Tony Peterson would agree with you, and that's why they made it uh, a project, if you will, in the offseason to bring that kid out of his shell and teach him how to be a more vocal leader. He, Brandon has embraced that, and so, you know, some people take his his demeanor as off-putting, but he, it's really that's not really what it is. He's just not a kid that feels real comfortable in the spotlight and uh, would rather read, uh, lead by example than he would uh, be a real vocal leader. But, uh, you know, if you they want the quarterback to be the leader of the offense and take charge of the huddle, and they've expressed that to Brandon, and he's embraced it, and he's trying real hard to change. And then uh, you talked about Isaiah Williams and his leadership ability. And uh, I'll admit, I'll admit I'm, I'm 57 years old and an Army veteran, and I've been around generals, and uh, and I've been around Michael Jordan. And he and, and Isaiah's aura intimidates me. I mean, you know, when he he's the kind of kid that when he walks into the room at a party, the music goes off and everybody looks because I because he's walking in. He's got that kind of he really is. He's got that kind of special aura around him. He's a and it's hard to describe. Uh, he he believes he's a superstar, um, and I think he's right. He's going to be a really good player for Illinois, and his people rally around that kid. They really like they they, they like him. Uh, he's a winner. Uh, and uh, like John, I can't wait to see him have the ball and make some plays on Saturday. And now, uh, you know, we're going to go around the horn here. And after that, after we stop recording a couple of subscribers, so we'll let them ask some questions. But uh, we'll go around the horn, start with John. Uh, give me your couple of keys, John, and, and a prediction for Saturday. Well, you know, like we kind of said earlier, my, key, my keys to the game are pretty simple. Stop the run. Slow down Martinez as much as you can. Um, I want to see the offense. I want to see him get the ball to Williams. I want to see him be creative. They've got they should they should have enough pieces to where they should they should be able to score some points. Um, take care of the ball. Win the turnover battle. I, you know, I'm interested to see what this defense can do. Um, you know, and everybody's talking about um, face Illinois facing adversity, and that's true. They got to be able to do it. But there's a lot of pressure on that other side. There's a lot of pressure on that coach, and we got to see how the players react to it. Um, Nebraska's they flopped last year, especially after acting tough at the preseason and acting like they want to leave the Big Ten. And you know, they Frost is he's got a new AD. He's 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 definitely fighting for his job already. Um, let's see if the, you know. Let's see what let's see what's in the heart and what's in the you know. What, what Nebraska brings to the table, what kind of game they're going to bring. Last year, they didn't, you know, they didn't look very good last year in Lincoln. And, you know, I'm, I'm, 
surprised at the line. Maybe it is coming from all the play coming from out in, in Nebraska, but I, I think this is, I think Illinois should be able to win this game. I, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm taking like 38 or I'm sorry, 30 to, to 27. I, 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 to me, this is a game that this is a very winnable game. They've got a lot of winnable games to start the season. A lot of them at home. I think they can come out and grab this one and, and get a little momentum and see where they go. I can go next, I guess then. Um, yeah. So I, I'm going to agree with you on stop the run, but I'm going to take it in a more specific angle, John. Uh Nebraska doesn't have a lot of proven running backs. They have a running back named um, as their starter, but they don't know exactly who it's going to be. They've got a couple interesting names, though. Um, you know, Dedrick Mills had 771 yards last year, 4.7 yards per carry. Marvin Scott only had 71 yards per carry. Um, and then they bring in a USC transfer, Marquis Stepp, who has like 500 yards in his career he, in his three years, but he's been destroyed by injuries. So where I'm going with this is, you know, Martinez is going to get his on the ground with his feet. Last year, he was second nationally in rush yards per game as his quarterback in 2020 at over like 70, 75, somewhere around that in yards per game. So my key for them in terms of stopping the run is actually not allowing a running back to get going. I think if you're able to prevent a running back from going and getting confidence, that's big. Because Nebraska is going to try and use the option. They're going to try and use the read option, RPOs for Martinez. If you're able to take away the running backs and you make it, Adrian Martinez needs to beat me with his legs and he needs to beat me with his arm, you're going to be able to stop one of them, right? And Nebraska is super reliant on the option and they're super reliant on play action. If you can stop one of those two things effectively, you kind of stop both of them. Um, so I'm going to say stopping a running back is really key for Illinois on Saturday. I think this is, is a winnable game. I do, um, but I don't think the Illini come out and win. And I think a lot of that, in my opinion, comes just from the fact that I don't know what they're going to do offensively or more specifically defensively. I don't know what their schemes look like on that end. So it's hard for me to predict them to win. I don't know. My biggest complaint with Levy Smith's staff was that they weren't putting players in a position to be successful I need to see the staff put players in position to be successful on the defensive side. If they do that and they're able to come out and get a win, I think my entire like prognostication for this entire season could completely change. Um, but I'm not picking Illinois to upset Nebraska on Saturday. I'll take the Cornhuskers 33-27. Cool. And before we get, we finish up with Jim, um, a couple of things on stopping the run. First, this is a new defense. It's a three, four front. So I think the importance of um, uh, Rod Smith and Calvin Avery at nose tackle, you can't overstate that. They're going to have to play two gaps for the fir you know the first time in their careers. Uh, and they're going to have to plug up the middle and not let these guys uh, run the ball up the middle. And then you got four linebackers essentially playing new positions. Uh, two of them, Isaiah Gay and Owen Carney, played with their hands on the ground. And I'm curious to see how well they run in space, whether they can they can stretch plays out to the sideline on the you know on the outside zone runs. And if they can, if, you know, you don't want to see those guys get beat to the edge because they're not real fleet footed, neither one of them. And then um, Jake Hansen, he deserves all the preseason accolades that he's getting. He's his numbers at Illinois have been great, but when he, when they tried to play him inside, um, they had a little experiment and tried to play him inside a middle linebacker. didn't go that well. Uh, he's not real tall. He's about six feet. Um, uh, so he needs, he likes to be out in space where he can chase guys down in the open field and cause fumbles it's going to be interesting to see him on the inside at, at middle linebacker. 
uh, in this three, four defense and see if he's the same player that he was on the outside. So uh, Jim, your keys, man, and, uh, and a prediction for Saturday. Well, this is definitely a winnable game, I think, for Illinois. And the main key I have is just to come out, punch Nebraska in the mouth right from the get-go because you're going to have the fans back. You didn't have that last year. You beat Nebraska in Lincoln without any fans. So, I mean, you really can't take anything away from that. But you're going to have the stands packed. Everybody's just looking forward to coming back to the stadium and cheering the Illini on and the offense needs to come out and they really need to adapt to the uh, situation and then go from there. So, but uh, you know, and I guess another key would be just to uh, make sure that, you know, Peters is getting the ball to his, you know, receivers on a somewhat regular basis. And uh, of course, every coach has said they're going to utilize the tight end at Illinois, but few have. And with uh, Barker and Ford, as we mentioned before, and guys like Tip Ryman, they have enough talent at the tight end position to uh, utilize those guys. So I think they need to utilize those guys in the passing game as well. Uh, they, they do a good job blocking. They just need to uh, get them uh, going in the passing game and have them catching passes. So, But I think Illinois comes out on top 31 to 24. Cool. And I'm, I'm taking Illinois too. I'm taking them 34 to 31. And uh, basically, essentially, I looked at the rosters. I looked at last year's game and these are two fairly evenly matched teams. And, um, you know, when you got two teams that are equal, then take the home team and uh, I'm going to be a homer and take the Illini, I think. And uh, if you look at the store we have on the front page, uh, my, my key on offense is, is to be balanced and efficient Um get the running game going, do like you did last year and get, they put two backs over a hundred yards last year. Mike Epstein and Chase Brown, both over a hundred. Um, Brandon Peters was, was uh, very efficient, probably had his best game of his Illinois career. He had a, a PFF score of over 90 that game, which was one of the tops in the, in the country for a quarterback that week. And then on defense, don't let Adrian Peterson be a one man show and, and beat you by himself. You know, I think if you contain him a little bit, you know, he's going to make plays. Uh, you're not going to shut him down completely. He's a guy who's going to make plays in the open field. He's going to run with the ball when you flush him from the pocket. But just don't let him go off like they did two years ago and beat him by himself. Um, so with that, guys, uh, thanks a lot for joining us. You got our predictions. It's three against one. Uh, Illinois, Alec picked, uh, picked the bad guys. So, um, But uh, thanks again for uh, checking in with us, and uh, we'll see you again after the game on Saturday.